Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. I don't know any of it. Yeah. I actually I went to the Muse concert, the Madness concert, but I don't remember any of the words of that song. Was it called the Madness concert? I mean, it was that album. I don't remember. That song is great. That song is cool. And the guy that does it was playing it with like a touchpad bass yeah i've seen that it was crazy it looks like, really cool yeah the bass has like a touchpad on it so when he's playing it he just looks i mean his hands are moving so fast you're just like what is even going on but it creates that cool sound maybe he's faking it until he makes it that's true it's probably like <laughs> well I, it's not lip syncing when you're playing an instrument what's it called just oh air guitar air guitaring air, yeah air basing, air basing. I, those guys are pretty legit though yeah not shots shade fired shots fired right no, i know sure i like these although they are very good at people used to call them radiohead ripoffs people called that a, a queen ripoff um but it's okay whatever everything is borrowing from everything else that's what music and art and everything is there's no original ideas anymore never mm, speaking of star wars we that's an original idea that will last us another 20 years anyway hey how's it going guys you're listening to the command zone i'm your host jimmy wong how is it it's josh lee kwai and uh how exciting shadows of industry is out josh and i were just up in san francisco hanging out and playing magic all weekend it was sweet yep we were hanging with prof we got to i finally got to meet shivam um we met some other Command Zone listeners. Yes. It's uh, always great to run into them. We played a couple of... Actually, I got like half a game in, so it was Yeah, awesome. I got a couple of games at EDH. That was great. The pre-release was great. We played at Anime Imports, which is Prof's LGS. That was great. Yeah, I beat a, a listener to the show who played Archangel Avison twice on me in a single game because he <laughs> opened two in his pool. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, I felt extraordinarily lucky. He mulled to six twice. I was like... Man, I barely rattled that one off the second time. And there was, I'll just say this much a certain land came out as a giant life linking, indestructible, indestructible thing that flyer. my opponent was not ready for. That card is impossible to beat if you flip it. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. That's Westvale Abbey, everybody. Yeah, it's Westvale Abbey. Um, but a shout out we, uh, Josh and I, both guested on Tolarian Community College in two separate videos. That's really cool. Yeah, they should both be out by now. Uh, mine was a Seinfeld parody. Pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. The that, prof's jokes in that. 
Like it was just <laughs> constant like face palm in in like the Seinfeld way. It was awesome. <laughs> so Prof wrote, he's a big Seinfeld fan. He plays Jerry Seinfeld. I played George. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And then Jimmy, you showed up that same day. Yep. And I played Jace. Yes. The so sculptor. If you're familiar with the Office Hours series that Prof does, then it's Jimmy as Jace. Super funny. Written by Megan Wolf from uh, Magic the Amateuring podcast. Yeah, MTA cast. Love those ladies. And Jimmy can attest to this. I was on set helping out and i was having trouble like not laughing during <laughs> i even broke once and i was like sorry and i blew a take which is you know bad it's okay i i i think it's fine when that happens it just means that you're hopefully doing a good enough job um but yeah the other uh, office hours series are with nissa with ashlyn rose and with chandra with the one and only christine sprankle yeah there's a gideon there's a Gideon one coming up. I don't I remember that guy's name. No, it's out. But, oh, it's um, out? That's right. You're right. You're right. It's one of Prof's friends. I forget his name. Yeah. So oh, it's, it's Garrick that hasn't come out yet. Right. Oh, the uh, Garrick spoiler one. Spoiler alert? Yeah. We <laughs> won't spoil, but we heard about it, and it sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out. Uh, as always, you can find the Prof. Tolarian Community on YouTube. Tolarian College on Twitter. It's one or the other, right? Yeah, I, those sound right. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's right. I, I think I just checked. Um, but before we get into it, uh, today we're going to talk about the Get Rock Monster, so if you haven't stopped because we just talked about Muse for like 30 minutes, uh, <laughs> make sure you listen to this episode. It's a good one. But before we get into it, we have a giveaway. Uh, I have an extra copy of The Art of Magic the Gathering, Zendikar. It's this awesome hardcover book. Um, it's got tons of pages of beautiful art in it. It discusses all the different parts of Zendikar and... It's really amazing. Wizards put a ton of work into developing this out. Just reading it and then remembering the card names that you played with Limited makes you go, wow, there's a lot of lore and stuff behind all these cards that I didn't really think about. Pretty cool. So how are we giving this book away, Jimmy? You know what? By the end of the episode, you'll find out. So pay attention. Actually, I have no idea how we're going to give it away now. We'll think of something. We'll think of something. We'll get there. Uh (laughs) Speaking of Shadows Over Innistrad... a couple of listeners, a bunch of listeners, brought up some cards that we they thought we should have mentioned, and there's at least two that Jimmy and I were like, yep, we totally should have mentioned those. Yep, 100%. And they, they're also really good and limited, I found out. Uh, yeah, I think both of these are very good. Both of them limited. are very good. The yeah. first is Traverse the Uvenwald. Uh, it's cost just a green. It's a sorcery. We're going to get in trouble for pronouncing it that way, too. You know, I'm, it's close enough. If it's German, it's Uvenwald, I think, because the W's are V's. Uh, or maybe the V's or W's. Uvenwald. Who knows? Uh, it's a sorcery for just a green. Search your library for a basic land card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. But more importantly, it says Delirium. If there are four more card types among cards in your graveyards, instead, search your library for a creature or land card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. When I first read this, I thought it said basic land on both the, both the settings. Yeah, so it's it's land and also creature. So it's worldly tutor, not instant speed, but it puts it in your hand instead of the top of your library. Very good card. Yeah. Type of card you would probably run in most of your green decks. Yeah, and even if you're just finding a basic land, if you need the basic land, then it's a very important card to play for just a green. Um, I feel like Delirium is way more likely to happen for us in Commander. Yeah, there are lots more ways to do it. Now, of course, in Shadows Over Amistrad Limited, there are a lot of enchantments that you can sacrifice and artifact creatures yeah. and all that. But we play Solemn Simulacrum. We play all that's sorts two, of... Yeah, that's two, because it's artifact two. and a creature. Also, games just go long enough. You might, you're probably likely to draw that or not use it till like, turn seven or eight. Yeah. You're just going to have more cards in your graveyard. Yeah. It's a card that's pretty okay in the early, early stages of the game and gets way better, which is really all you can ask for for EDH cards. 
The other card that was brought up, and I don't know how we missed this, but it's Sin Prodder. Sin Prodder is two and a red for a creature devil. It has menace. It's a 3-2, but the important part is its text box. It says, at the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. Any opponent may have that may have you put that card into your graveyard. If a player does, Sin Prodder deals damage to that player equal to the card's converted mana cost. If they don't, you put that card into your hand. Hey. So it's potential card draw in red. Yeah, uh, you're you choose the opponent and then oh no, no sorry, any you don't opponent, choose yeah. the opponent. Yeah, any opponent can, but if nobody does, you get the card. If they do, they take damage. It's kind of like upside either way. If you build your deck, for instance, uh, our friend runs an Alesha deck, and he doesn't care if half the creatures and cards are in his graveyard because his deck is always recurring them. In this is great ways. in Alesha because you either get the card in your hand or it goes in your graveyard, and both places you have access to it. Yeah. And I, I would think like a uh, like a Joyra deck that has a ton of huge creatures because mm-hmm. she's going to suspend that stuff or just huge casting cost stuff. Yeah, it's a good This call. is going to be great because do you want to take eight damage? Okay, then I just draw it. Yeah. And if you're playing red, just doing someone a free burn spell essentially is not that bad, honestly. I mean, every turn it's pretty good. Yeah, so it's it's sort of like reverse Bob, a dark confidant, as people have pointed out. Uh, except that you do have the chance to not draw it and draw it, and Bob, you have to draw it every time. Yeah, it's I, it's obviously not as good as Bob. I don't think in in regular Magic, it might be better in um, Commander. It might be. It depends. Bob, you know, I think there's a lot of arguments to go both ways. Either way, thank you guys for prodding us on Twitter about these cards. <laughs> prodding. <laughs> I like it. Um, they're great. Uh, and I think there's going to be a lot of actual sleeper cards from Shadows of Rinnestrad that are sort of lurking in the shadows, as it as it may be. I'm interested to see what pops up and, and is good. Because uh, one card that from Balfour's and a card that I realize I want in a lot of my decks is Hedron Archive. Yeah, it's interesting that those cards that sort of fly under the radar and then later on you keep thinking about it and you keep adding it to more decks and you're like, man, that card ended up being like yeah. format all-star and I didn't see it coming. Yep, it's usually an uncommon or common too what happens with those kinds of little special cases. Yeah, because you really scrutinize the rares, but you don't maybe look as hard at the commons and commons. So. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the main topic today. It is a commander spotlight uh, on the Gitrog monster. Gitrog. The frog with the most. It's the only legendary frog ever printed, so that counts for something. So if you want frog tribal, you have to have Gitrog as your commander, I think. This is easily the card that the that commander players are talking about the most from the set so yeah, far. 100%. I mean, this is going to be... I, I bet most playgroups will have at least one Gitrog deck, which in the, <laughs> within the next like week, week and a half. like This is the card that everyone's excited about, and you're just going to see a lot of this deck. Yeah, uh, people have been brewing with it online already. There are lots of random lists popping up that do different things. Uh, but before we get into it, let's talk about the Gitrog monster. He is three green and a black for a 6-6 six, six legendary creature frog horror. <laughs> That's great. Uh, he is hor- horrific. Uh, he has death touch, or she, you never know. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice the Gitrog monster unless you sacrifice a land. You may play an additional land on each of your turns, and... Whenever one or more lands are put into your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. Hey, it says draw a card on it. it says draw a card on it. It's um, it allows you to play an additional land each turn, so it has that Minan Den sort of Azusa, yeah, Oracle of Maldaya type effect. Um, and then it has this really interesting: you have to sack a land each upkeep, but that makes you draw a card. Yeah, and because you can play an additional land, you can get ahead of it. It's really interesting. That's, I think, the part that makes people's sort of minds start start clicking, right? That's yeah. What, 
they start thinking like, ooh, I could do this. I could play fetch lands and I can, you know, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden I'm drawing a ton of cards and I'm getting ahead of this mm -hmm. Gitrog monster. And then it's just like card draw. And it also says, whenever one or more lands are put into your graveyard from anywhere, yep. draw a card. So if you dredge and mill... You can draw a card if you discard, discard from, your from your hand. You can draw a card. So if somebody else destroys one of your lands, you can draw a card. Anytime a land goes in your graveyard from anywhere, you get to draw a card. Now, if a single instance of mill, let's say somebody says plays a card that makes you mill the top five cards of your library, if four lands go into your graveyard off of that, you don't draw four cards. You just draw one. Mm -hmm. Similar to um, Sidisi. Yes, with her zombie triggers. With her zombie triggers. So you yep. can never, on a single instance of mill or dredge or anything like that, get more than one card draw. So that's something to keep in mind. Yep. Uh, but before we just dive into the commander spotlight, usually we have a deck list and everything prepared for it. But because this is a commander that everyone is talking about, everyone wants to build, we're going to talk about being original, being unique, and expressing your individuality with this on our commander spotlight today. So... This is um, a really cool idea yeah. you came up with that I hadn't thought about, which is... Oh, thanks. And, we, and I think we all feel this, right? Which is this idea of like, I'm really excited about that card. And then you, you get on conversations online and Twitter and your friends and your playgroup and you're like, crap, everybody's <laughs> really excited about this card. Everyone's making a deck. And it sort of makes you less excited to do it because you're going to be one of many and that's not very fun. No, definitely not. In fact, we both looked at each other and we're like, I want to build a Gitrock deck. And it was yeah. like, who could say it faster? And we just did that with <laughs> Mizzix. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think we were both like, oh. And and it takes the wind out of your sails a little. But I think one of the ways to combat this is to try and, like you said, be unique with the way that you build it so that your Gitrog deck is not necessarily exactly like everybody else's. So this is a cool um, this is a cool topic, a cool way to look at things. I really like it. Yeah. I mean, building a deck is very much an expression of how you play, what you like to do in the game, and things that you like and think are powerful. Um, so we're going to talk about how you can make a deck that has its own unique expression and still kicks butt, because at the end of the day, I don't think many of us play this game to lose all the time. Yeah, you still want to win. Now, you can build your deck so that it's maybe slightly not as powerful as the, the most powerful build, but it still can win. Yeah, and the most important thing, I think, for a lot of us is... If you're winning and having a blast at the same time, then that's the ultimate sort of perfect balance you want to find. And that is different for every single person, and that's why the color pie exists and all this good stuff. So we're going to talk about being original today, and uh, to get down to it, let's break it down. Uh, I um, I don't build houses. I'm not a construction man at all. Uh, this is a so. cool metaphor, too. Jimmy really hit it out of the park. <laughs> with I've been this. thinking about this for a while. Yeah, yeah, this is a, this is a good one. I like uh, how you put this together. But we're going to talk about building a deck in the same way we're going to talk about building a house, which there are three key steps in my mind, which is you build the foundation and the frame of the house, you put a roof on it, and then finally when all that stuff is done, you've jammed all the insulation in the walls and all that, you get to interior decorate. So if you look at the commander deck like a house, there are a few key steps to sort of make sure it works before you get to make your own unique take. For instance, you can't just be like, hey, I want to do this and only put in cards that are interior decoration. And then you don't have a foundation which your house is built on. You don't have the necessary you things to make walls. it. You don't have walls. Yeah, you don't have walls. That's oh, not no. even a house. That's not a house. It's a yeah. tent. You don't even have a front door. Dang. Um, so the foundation of the house or of a deck is the basis of any deck. And we talk about this all the time, which means a correct mana base you have mana ramp, you have fixing, uh, you have card draw, and these are all the key things of decks that need that decks need to function at the most basic level to play the game. And I think it's undeniable. You can't say, I don't think you can reasonably say that you can build a deck without these things and have 
as good of a time if you just had these parts in there. It's one of the reasons we're always begging on Boros. It's just very hard for them to get those things. And yeah, they're just the basic tenets of what make a good deck. Yeah. And because we play Commander, and specifically we have a repeatable casted uh, creature in the game, also does the deck function with the Commander and without? Does it play well with the Commander's abilities? These are all parts of the foundation of any deck. Um, after that, we got to put a roof on, and this is what keeps us dry in the house, but also keeps us protected from the elements, and the elements in this case are other players trying to rain on our parade. Wow, I didn't even think about raining on our parade. That's good. Uh, so... Your decks, obviously, let's say you're playing a Voltron deck, you have to be able to protect your commander. So you give it hexproof. So you make sure you don't die to edict effects and make sure that you know your main strategy of winning is protected. If you're playing combo and you don't have like a counterspell in case someone tries to break it up, you're probably going to have a bad time. Uh, and there's some room for personalization here as well with, with uh, protection and the roof. I and- think this this category also includes your answers to their... Right. Being protected from their deck also means having Swords of Plowshares or Utter End or Wrath of God. It's Some not skipping Yeah, it's not <laughs> skipping those parts. Like that's how you protect yourself from really hard rainfall, which could be like a creature that you a Blightsteel Colossus. Well mm-hmm. Swords of Plowshares does that. Yeah. Absolutely. And finally, after we put all these elements together, we have interior decoration. Yay! And this is where you get to really express your take on the deck. Um, so you sort of, you fill in the gaps and what's inside and what it looks like when the people walk inside the house. From the outside, it's the Gitrog monster. But once you walk in, you go, oh, it's this Gitrog monster. Uh, you can change the colors of the wall, how many bedrooms you need, uh, 50 bathrooms, because we all need bathrooms. Um, so today we're going to build the Gitrog house and talk about being original. And also, so if you're like one of five people that you know that are building the Gitrog monster, you don't need to have that wave of guilt, I guess you would call it, or anxiety over building something that someone else is going to do yeah it just gives you that nice um inspiration back where like you can come up with a slightly different take on it and then your get rug monster deck is different than theirs yeah so uh let's talk about the foundation in this case it's about understanding the commander now we we touched on some of these very briefly uh get rug monster has death touch that's pretty self-explanatory anytime it does damage to any creature in any way it kills them uh, upkeep trigger, which means that one or the other, you have to either sack the Gitrog monster or a land. It, it's unavoidable. If you have multiple upkeeps, you have to do it multiple times. Uh, additional land per turn, very specifically, it means you get to play one extra land per turn. It doesn't say you may play two lands a turn. It just says you get to add one to the one land per turn you normally get to add. And finally, the most important one is one or more lands to your graveyard from anywhere. So, like we said, if you mill six lands, you only get the trigger once. If two creature lands are in combat and they die at the same time, you only get it once as well. Um, also, if someone like processes an exiled land, yep, you get a draw card. Very cool. Okay. Unlikely to come up very often, but that would work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so now that we understand the rules of the card, let's talk about the more important foundation part of the Gitrog Monster, which is cards that work really, really well with the card draw ability because I think that has to be the most important part of the card by far. Yeah, I mean, that text, when a land enters your graveyard from anywhere, is really what, bing, puts the light bulb on, right? And everybody, that's the, I get to draw cards, and all I got to do is figure out a way to get lands into my graveyard. There's so many ways to do that, and that'll really get the deck, like, going, the momentum of it. So it's a snowball rolling downhill, and before you know it, I have so much card advantage, I just crush everybody. And you're drawing a ton of cards. So the most obvious one, I think, are fetch lands. Uh, lands like Scalding Tarn, where you tap it, sacrifice it, pay a life, search through your deck for an island or a 
uh, mountain, my favorite. I slipped on that. I was like, Islander? Wait, what else? Mountain. Islands and mountains can't go and get rock, though. No, it's true. But Scarling Tarn can't. But Scarling Tarn, yeah. I mean, Scarling Tarn technically could, I guess, go in. You just couldn't actually get anything. I think you would play every fetch land if you, you were able to. You play all the like evolving wilds, even. And yeah, evolving wilds. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, you're going to play anyone that touches green or black. The panoramas as well. Yeah, because you, if you're not clear how that works, if you play a fetch land and then you sack it, to go find a land, the fetch land itself goes into the graveyard. So you draw a card, mm-hmm. and the you'd go f- fetch the land and put it into place. So you didn't actually lose a land. It's it works super great with Gitrog. It's just one of the engines that can really make the deck go. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. And you can also order the the uh, triggers when you sack that land, so that you find the you draw a card first, or you can find the land first. I think you would find the land then draw the card. Uh, yeah, it does. It shouldn't matter unless you're stacking the top of your deck somehow. Yeah. If you have scroll rack or something out, then maybe you'd want to. Or since is mm-hmm. uh, divining top. <laughs> um. Yeah, cycle lands. This is a really good one. So Baron Moor, Slippery Karst. There's a bunch of lands that actually have cycling on them. And this is when you cycle it, it's a land that's going to the graveyard. Mm-hmm. So it's drawing you a card, and then it's drawing you a card because it's cycling. So that's a really good way to to. And if you need the land, you can play it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is this is a really smart way to go too. Yeah, Baron Moor essentially reads when Get Rug is out. Pay a black to discard this card and draw two cards. I mean, so good. That's absurd. Yeah. <laughs> that ability just doesn't really exist otherwise. I mean, it's almost Ancestral Recall. Yeah. It's one card less, but still. It's Ancestral Recall. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the next, we have lands and creatures that cause you to sacrifice lands, um, which means cards like City of Traitors uh, is a card that I can never find a place for in decks because I'm like, I don't want to play this card. But it says when you play another land, sacrifice City of Traitors, and you tap it to add two colorless to your mana pool which is really sweet and bear in mind i think you need to keep in mind that this deck's going to have a lot of lands in it Mm -hmm. so because of the way that it's built so you might have 45 or 50 lands yeah so city of traders you tap it for the two mana then play a land then sack it draw a card and then you get to play an extra land that turn and because your deck is heavily is land heavy it's not really costing you anything yeah definitely uh, Lake of the Dead is an awesome card in this deck. Uh, it's a land. There's a cycle of these, I believe, where if it enters the battlefield, you can sacrifice, in this case, a swamp instead. And if you do, then it gets placed on the battlefield. If you don't, then Lake of the Dead just goes to your graveyard. So you can just play this and have it go to the graveyard and draw just a card. Just draw a card. It. Yeah. That's just, yeah, it's just draw a card for no mana, right? It's yeah. just a, a complete uh, cantrip. Yeah. Uh, and then it also has, you can tap it to sack a swamp and then add four black to your mana pool. So tap it, add four black, draw a card. Seems <laughs> pretty good. Seems yeah, pretty good. there's a lot of things going on there. Okay, Sylvan Safekeeper. This is uh, a card I have in my Titania deck. It's pretty sweet. I really like the new art on it as well. It's by Magali Villeneuve, who's a French artiste that also drew the new Narset. Sweet. Yeah. I don't. I would never have been able to pronounce... Uh, that name. <laughs> it's because I took French in high school. It has to I be took the... Spanish, so... Sylvan <laughs> Safe's Keeper uh, is one green for a 1-1 one, one human wizard. Sacrifice a land. Target creature you control. Gain shroud until end of turn. So here's a really good example of a card that is both the foundation of a house as well as the roof of the house. Like, it's something that provides both, right? So it, you can sack a land to draw a card, but it also protects your commander in case someone's trying to remove it. 
with spot removal. You can removal. also just sacrifice a land to give Shroud, mm-hmm. even though you don't need it at that moment, yeah. just to draw cards. So if you just find yourself flooded out, you can just sack three lands and give something Shroud three times. Yeah, it doesn't cost great. any mana, and then you just draw cards in their place. It's very good to have sort of free sack outlets. Zurin Orbs, another one, which is a zero-cost artifact that lets you sack a land to gain two life. Yeah. Same idea. Just like you get marginal upside for sacking it, but it allows you the versatility of like, if I need to draw cards, I can just do it for mm-hmm. no mana. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Um, there's also a lot of utility lands. These are lands that will destroy other lands, will deal damage, or recur stuff. For example, Glacial Chasm is a utility land because eventually this land, you will sacrifice it. But until it gets sacrificed, it's an awesome card. You're just impenetrable. Um, also, and we're I'm getting ahead of us a little bit, but you're in a deck like this, you're going to be recurring your lands, obviously, because yeah. if you're going to send so many lands to the graveyard, you're going to want ways to get them back. So Glacial Chasm's a way to sort of like get it in there, get it in the graveyard, but that doesn't mean it's gone. It just means I'll go get it later when I need it again. Yeah, which is actually really, really sweet. Super um, powerful because you can do things like sack Glacial Chasm. Now I can attack with my creatures. After that, I get it out of my graveyard, put it back out. Now nobody can attack me or do deal damage to me. Yeah. Petrified Field does that. It adds colorless, and also you sack it to return a land card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's, I mean, with one other way of recurring lands, it's like Petrified Field is always just going to keep coming back. Yep, it can totally be an engine. Yeah. Um, also, there's a land that came out in uh, in Shadows of Rinnistrad, where it's Drownyard Temple, where you can tap it to add colorless to your mana pool, or you can pay three color or three generic to return it from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Which is awesome. It's like the perfect kind of land you want in this deck. Something that will always keep coming back. That you know that for a pretty cheap cost, you can draw a card again. If you have another way to get those cards back or sack it. Yep. Um, land sacrifice outlets. I got ahead of us again here. Zern Orbs in one of those. Uh, Claws of Gix or Jix? I think it's Gix. I like Claws of Gix. It's a card that I haven't really seen but it's actually something that you have in your titania deck or it was in one of your early versions of your titania deck i think i've taken it out now but this idea of like cards that specifically want you to sacrifice this one's a permanent Mm -hmm. and i like that too because the land is a permanent but also you may as well have the ability to sack other things like we've said so many times just having a sack outlet is so valuable what if somebody goes to steal your get rog monster yeah most of the time you'd rather just put it back in the command zone so if they can go to control magic it i'll just sack it Claws of Gix. Gix, is that what you said? Yeah, I think Gix is right. Zero cost artifact. You can pay one, sacrifice a permanent, gain one life. So it's very marginal effect, but it does allow you to save your commander if you need to, or, you know, pay one, sack a land, draw a card, gain a life. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. Um, also, it's drawn by a guy named Henry G. Higginbotham, which has to be the coolest last name I've ever seen in my entire life. Higginbotham. It sounds like a Harry Potter character. <laughs> that Higginbotham. Guy's a, yeah, yeah. That Five guy's a points to Higginbotham House. <laughs> uh, there is the Arcane Spyglass, a four-drop artifact. It's two mana to tap it, sacrifice the land, draw a card, and put a charge counter on Arcane Spyglass, and you can remove three charge counters to draw a card. So, again, like these are all just ways to get your lands into the graveyard at instant speed, which is really important. Just ways to draw extra cards uh, when your commander is out. And I think the the advantage you get, because you're not just sacking a land to get the ability, you it, you are sort of looking at all these cards with their best-case scenario in mind, which is it says sacrifice a land or put a, like a land into the graveyard, and it should also say draw a card. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to have Gitrog out because Gitrog's your commander, so 
you're not going to use this stuff if it's not out. Yeah. The next section is dredge. This is maybe the most exciting thing. Yeah. Because this dredge co- with Gitrog seems insane. I'm going to read dredge uh, the mechanic really quick, and then we'll go through some of the cards. So dre- it'll say dredge and then a number, and then it'll say if you would draw a card, instead you may put exactly that number of cards from the top of your library into your graveyard. If you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand. Otherwise, draw a card. So Life from the Loam is the first card. It costs one and a green. It's a sorcery. It says return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. So what you do is you cast this, get three land cards back to your hand, then Life from Loam goes into the graveyard. Now, the next time you would draw a card, instead of drawing that card, you dredge three, which means you mill the top three cards of your library, and then you take Life from the Loam, and it comes back to your hand, which means what? Now I can cast it and get three lands back from my graveyard. Because this deck is sacrificing lands all the time, and it can play two per turn, at least, Life from the Loam, insanely powerful in the deck. Yeah, not to mention when you dredge those cards, if one of them's a land, you get to draw more cards. Hooray! And you're about to draw cards, so what does that allow you to do? It allows you to dredge. Yes, and uh, I think a Get Rock deck should play a few dredge cards for sure. Yes. Um, and it's also, it's any time you would draw a card. It's the same as any time a, guard would enter, a land would enter the graveyard from the bout, or from the, wherever. I almost think dredge is so good that I would play dredge cards that have nothing to do with what Gidrog wants to do, just for the ability to dredge. Yeah, uh, Glenn Jones, who used to be the co-host on the Master of the Marm podcast, uh, built an amazing dredge deck where it, the games were never over because the ability to dredge something back to your hand, because it was any time you would draw a card. Yeah. For instance, I think if, the, if think if Wizards went back and wanted to make dredge less powerful, it's pretty high on the storm scale, first right? Card. The first card you draw each turn, or just only the card you draw on your draw step, you know, instead of being able to just do this Pretty much at any time if the deck's built correctly. It's pretty crazy. Dredge is one of the more powerful mechanics ever created. Yeah. Um, the the biggest issue is you're completely hosed by Graveyard 8. Yeah, Dakmore Salvage is a land that just straight up has Dredge 2 on it, which is also like, oh, that's exactly what I want to do in this deck, which is have a land that can get back to my hand so that I can dredge it again when I sack it. Um, Golgari Thug is a card that works very well with Dredge as well. There's lots of cards, lots of really cool cards in Magic's history that have Dredge on them. I I love all of them. I think it's a mechanic that I think is really underplayed uh, in Commander, at least from what I've seen. It's super good. Dredge is so good that a lot of times you'll do that thing where on your very first turn you'll draw your card and not play anything, and then that way you you can put your Dredge card into your graveyard, and then next turn you'll just start dredging like right away mm-hmm. is super powerful way to way to sort of get your graveyard snowball rolling yeah absolutely um wild mongrel by the way is the next card that uh, is in our next category which is hand discard cards that let you discard a card from your hand into your graveyard um there are not that many cards that do this in a sort of a really helpful way i think wild mongrel is a great way of doing it it says discard a card it's uh wild mongrel is by the way one green for a two two Discard a card, it gets plus one, plus one, becomes the color of your choice until end of turn. So anything, it's just instant speed, discard a card, instant speed, draw a, a card pretty much at any time. And again, if you draw another land within, you don't want it, just discard it and draw again. You know, yep. if you draw a dredge card, throw it in the graveyard, start dredging, go nuts. There's lots of ways to really abuse this. The Scourge Familiar is the next one you've got listed. This is seems great because you actually generate something you need, which is mana. So Scourge right. Familiar is four and a black for a flying imp it's a three two but it says discard a card add black to your mana pool so now all of a sudden and it costs no mana so you can just be like oh i've got three lands in hand discard a land draw a card add black discard a land draw a card add black all of a sudden i can sort of like 
it's almost like ritual, like dark ritual. I mean, you know, get extra mana and I'm drawing cards to replace the ones I'm discarding. So I'm not even really discarding those cards. I could see you getting on these rolls where maybe you can just draw lands because like I said, 50% of the deck might be lands Mm -hmm. where you're just like, I've got 10 mana on the table. I don't need a lot more, but on this turn, I can just generate like seven or eight extra mana. Like it could be crazy. Scottish Familiar is actually a big part of one of the infinite combos you can yeah. do with this deck for sure. I, I can see how that would lead. Because anytime you're generating mana, what do we always say? Cheating of mana costs, right? Yep. So generating mana for nothing. It doesn't cost you, you know, uh, any other mana or tapping or a, a lim- uh, limited resource. It does. It costs you cards and hands. But because right. Gitrog actually replaces the card... Yeah, that seems, like, really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, just, like, you get Scourge Familiar out in turn five or turn four. You know, you can probably play something like an Ulamog the next turn. It's if, possible, if you want for to. sure. Yeah, really easily. And you can turn the tides of a game very quickly as well with a card like this. Um, because, hey, how many times have you played a game and been like, man, I wish I just had, like, two extra mana this turn. I'd be able to do so much more. I don't care about these other cards in my hand. They don't affect the board right now. Scourge Familiar, he is here for you. Actually, I don't know if I would want this guy here for me he looks terrifying but <laughs> he's here for you um i'm gonna add a category really quick it's a category i would think about which is other cards that care about lands entering the battlefield so mm-hmm. because you're gonna have a lot of you know you're not only gonna be putting directly into the graveyard you might have a lot of um you know fetch lands get already allows you to play two lands in a turn you're probably gonna have things like azusa burgeoning Oracle of Moldiah stuff that allows you to play even more lands. Yeah. And so like Horn of Greed, which says any time a player plays a land, they draw a card. That's oh, just yeah. going to be bonkers for you because you're playing twice as many lands as they are. Also, you have, you know, potentially like 40% more lands in your deck than they do. So you're getting very greedy. Yeah. A lot of, I would look at landfall cards in these colors and see if there's any like that. Horn of Greed is not technically landfall, but mm-hmm. if it was reworded today, it would be, um, that kind of stuff that also rewards you for playing more lands. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that is the foundation of the house. We have sort of the cards. We we understand the kinds of cards that make Gitrog really start humming, which are fetch lands, uh, cycle lands, sa- ways to sack lands, drop them into the graveyard and all that. Now that we have this in mind, we have a much better idea of, okay, if I really want to make this deck hum, I'm going to need these kinds of cards to really make it work. And if you guys notice, there are lots of ways to do this, which means you, there is no one set way or one direction you have to go. You can really be creative here. If you wanted to run a more creature-based deck, Sylvan Safekeeper, I think, would be a much bigger bet for you. If you're going straight for some kind of crazy infinite combo, maybe you don't need that as much. So there's a lot of personalization you can do with the foundation here. Now, the roof, uh, it's all about making it work. Um, Gitrog Monster is pretty special. It's its, its own combo. From beginning to end, if you read just the Gitrog Monster, it's all you need to start doing stuff. A lot of times the commander, it's like, okay, cool, if I have Sigarda out plus this thing, then this awesome th- thing happens. But that's not the case with the Gitrog Monster. It is all right there on itself. Um, so the big thing, though, with the Gitrog Monster is that, like you said earlier, it dies super hard to graveyard hate. If someone just hates out your graveyard, you're not going to have a good time. Um, and, of course, these are usually meta calls as well. Uh, we don't have much Graveyard Hate running around our meta, personally. There probably should be more. So this is, again, something that you can utilize and put into your deck to the degree that you need to. Um, but let's talk about fighting Graveyard Hate really fast here. Uh, so something that's really interesting is that uh, Graveyard Hate is often an ability that goes on the stack, 
So if a car like Relic Progenis gets out there, it doesn't right. immediately just hose your graveyard. Something has to trigger for that to happen. And that means you can play a card that will essentially shuffle your deck, your graveyard back into your deck. Cards like the Eldrazi Titans, for the most part, can't live in your graveyard. Because once they get there, it says shuffle your, your graveyard back into your library. There are cards like Elixir of Immortality, which is you gain five life, you tap it, and you sack it, and you get to shuffle your graveyard back into your library. And if you have any of these sort of abilities on the battlefield, then you get to save your graveyard and then hopefully it doesn't make a huge difference because you're going to be drawing those cards and dredging all over again past that point. Yeah, I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. Another thing that's really fun is uh, you, if you can't save your entire graveyard by dropping a, an Eldrazi in there to shuffle it or by using like an Elixir of Immortality, you can get certain cards back. Because when you cycle a card, if you hold a cycler in your hand, you can do it at instant speed and that will immediately trigger dredge. So if you want to choose a card that you want to save, like Life from the Loam, if someone's trying to get rid of it, you can cycle it into speed, you draw a card, and then you just dredge that amount, of, that amount of cards to save Life from the Loam and get back to your hand. Yeah, I think Life from the Loam specifically is a card that once you get it going, it is so powerful that even if the rest of your graveyard goes away, Life from the Loam still being like active in your hand, getting it back to your hand. Because uh, from, hopefully from that point forward, you'll be able to keep going. And if they've got some sort of like recursive graveyard hate mm -hmm. then you can hold life from the low material able to deal with that and then start using it again at least your engine still exists yeah totally um and finally this is very i don't really recommend this in general but there are ways to counter activated abilities so if you know that everyone's gonna be playing relics or whatever you can play a card like bind which is one of the green instant counter target activated abilities and you draw a card mm -hmm. a very bizarre card in green uh, i don't think you see this ability very often ever um, if you're playing like a five color brew of the deck, you play something like Stifle. Yeah, I think also like Rift Sweeper mm -hmm. is a decent card. So there's a few cards. There's not very many that gets cards get cards out of exile and either put them back in your graveyard or put them back in your deck. Um, Rift Sweeper is one. You're in green. Uh, you're probably going to play some creature tutor spells too. So you can always have the ability to just go get like really key cards like Crucible of Worlds. Yeah. Um, which is another a card we probably should have mentioned earlier, but that's a it's a hundred dollar card these <laughs> days, so that's why we didn't. But um, you know, that's a card that if it was in your graveyard somehow, and then it, your graveyard was getting blown away, you'd be like, man, I really need, I want Crucible, like I want access to it, and so Rift Sweeper could go and put yeah. that back in your graveyard or, or put it back in your deck or you it's know, in your deck, yeah, yeah, it's in your deck. Um, there are other cards I think that put things from Exile into your graveyard. Um, Anyway, there's only a few cards that do it, but Rift Sweeper specifically is a card I would probably run yeah, um, or think about running if there was a lot of graveyard hate in my meta. And this is definitely a deck that will bring graveyard hate to the forefront because uh, the amount of combos and stuff you can do with a deck like this, once you start dredging and people realize what's happening, it may actually change things a little bit. So uh, so let's talk about what this deck dies to. Uh, so for instance, is this deck going to die to combat damage? It might. I mean, if Get Rock Monster is sort of your only big beater, Someone's going to fly over your head and just smack you in the face a few times with the Voltron deck or whatever. Uh, that's why we have the penultimate favorite of everyone that wants to play this this deck, which is the 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 Fog Frog. Yeah, the Fog Frog is good in a lot of decks, and it's also a frog, so it just feels like it should really be in this deck. I mean, if you're not playing it, I, I, what, what are you doing? You, I mean, I, to me, you got to put the Fog Frog in there. Constant Mists is actually better. Oh, because absolutely. you sack lands to get it to buy it back. <laughs> yeah. And so it's actually doing what the deck wants to do. But yes, 
I bow to the fact that you have to put the fog frog into the frog get rog deck. It's so cute too. How could you not? It is a cute frog. Yeah. So they're not get rog. Not get rog. Yeah, the spore yeah. frog. The the spore frog is adorable. Get rog is a bit of a horror. Scary. <laughs> so again, the roof is protecting your deck from these things. Graveyard hate, I think, is the really big one that you have to be aware of. Um, and I think the Titans are a great way of, of sort of getting around that because, look, you're going to be dumping lands on the battlefield at a certain point. You're going to want to be able to play some big, huge beaters. I think the Titans are a pretty good fit for a lot of the, the Get Rug decks out there. Of course, if you're like Phil Ketchak, you're 100% not playing a Titan. <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming, Phil, you're going to lump those in with the uh, with the Phyrexia as well. But actually, I could be wrong. Who knows? They are pretty destructive and evil now the the one thing i would say is if someone's playing graveyard hate that's of the kind that doesn't even allow cards to go to the graveyard so like ley line of the void oh yeah then you need to put some cards in your deck that kill enchantments or artifacts those Mm -hmm. type of things because remember if ley line of the void is out your um your lands don't actually go to the graveyard they get exiled sort of before they get there so then you wouldn't draw the cards so that's another thing to sort of think about there's not again in our playgroup. It's in some decks. It's just not super prevalent. If it is in your playgroup, you got to think about that, and you got to have you know reclamation sage, Croson grip, those type of things to get rid of. Yeah, you know, because that's going to shut off your entire deck. Which is actually kind of surprising because every single time that a card like Leyline of the Void comes out on the battlefield or Anafenza, everyone looks around and goes, "Whoa, that does way more than I thought it would." That turns off like half my deck. Yeah. Which Most decks crazy. do play like Bojukabog. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. So it is going to occasionally come up, even if they're not like hardcore graveyard hating. Yeah. They're probably going to have a card or two that does it. You got Bojukabog pretty harsh once. I did. I did. That's why I bought a bunch of Rift Sweepers, actually. Oh, very nice. So, because I was like, why don't I have a Rift Sweeper in this deck? So. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the interior decoration of the house. The third and sort of most important part of the episode four. The idea of being original and being unique. Uh, I also subtitled it Picking Your Poison. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Death Touch. All right. Um, Har, har, har. Now that you got your foundation and protection and roof in place, this is where you really get to customize your deck. And this is, I think, the most fun of deck building for me. Um, Because figuring out all the sort of the the foundation stuff is fun and it's really important. But this is where you get to sort of be the Johnny, be the Spike, be the Timmy, uh, be the Vorthos, you know, and really throw your own flavor in there. Uh, the first place you can start, obviously, Tribal. There are a lot of frogs in Magic's history. They're probably not all that powerful. But, hey, if you're going to go get Rog Frog, I, I would, I'd salute you. Yeah, like, I think that would get – people would be like, sweet. Like, yeah. if somebody pulled out a Get Rog – uh, deck and there and it was frog tribal instead of like all this land recursion yeah. fetch land stuff. I would be like, that's sick. Like yeah. that's sweet. I mean, I've seen decks like that where they pull it out and they're like, you know, it's like Mizix, but it's goblin tribal instead of doing anything oh, really? with sorcery, that kind of stuff. And you always just tip your hat to those people. Yeah, because I mean it's fun and you're you're not trying to optimize out hardcore, but there still are a lot of ways of making a tribal deck very very powerful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could you can make that deck so that it can win. It's not going to be as powerful as the optimized super fetch landy, you know, crucible of worlds life from the loam version, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, um some play groups are a lot more competitive. You can build get rog to have this deck go off and kill with an infinite combo. Uh, here's an example of one. You can infinite dredge combo. So, if you have the get rog monster out and a discard outlet and a card like Dakmore Salvage, and then all you need is 
a, a a titan or something to shuffle everything back in there, and then plus a mana generator. What you can essentially do is discard Dakmore Salvage. It has Dredge 2 on it. So you discard it, you're going to draw a card, and then you're going to dredge that card back to your hand. And you can essentially do this until your entire deck is in your graveyard and you've drawn your, through your entire deck. And then at that point, you discard something like Kozilek. And then Kozilek's going to hit the graveyard, force you to shuffle it all back in. But you essentially get to choose what cards you keep in your hand so you can dig for a mana generator like Dark Ritual or Scourge Familiar. And then with a card like that out, you can just make infinite mana by just repeating this process of going through your whole deck, shuffling it back in, dredging through your whole deck again, shuffling it back in, and then kill everyone with a card like Exsanguinate, um, which is a card that you usually wouldn't play in EDH, but it says each opponent loses X life, you gain life equal to the life lost this way. You'd only play this card if you have a way of generating infinite mana. You need tons of mana, but yeah. Tons. I mean, but it's still very, very powerful. So Exsanguinate is a way to kill everyone off with infinite mana. Yep, I like that. Yeah, I like it. Um, the only problem with these kind of combos that I don't like is that, like, if you were to sit there and do it the entire time, it would just take 20 minutes. It can't be like, all right, I'm going to make a 1,000 tokens with Kiki-Jiki and go to combat and swing. This, it's very uninteractive because there's no combat. There's no way for someone to, like, crypt command you at the most important moment or to kill all your tokens with a Rakdos charm. This is just sort of like, all right, go for it. Are you going to cast Exsanguinate now? All right, cool. <laughs> you did it. Yeah, I mean, when I say that's good, it's just like, yeah, it works. I, I, it's not something I would do, but hey, everybody likes different things about the game. I'm fine if somebody does this. And yeah, me too. What would actually probably happen is somebody would be like, I'm going to do this, see how, it, what, how it's going to work, so I'm going to grab these cards, and they can short, shortcut it, and I'd yeah. be fine with that too, because I would probably just go, are we dead? Yeah, or you go, can I counter it? In which case they go, yeah, sure, I'll just draw it back again, and you go, oh, I can't counter it again. <laughs> yeah. How many times do I have to counter it? A yeah. thousand. Okay. You just have to exile it somehow. Uh, token builds. Green and black is very well known for tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of token generations in green and black. I mean, Titania would go really well in this deck. You're already oh, yeah. playing a bunch of lands and sacking them. That's exactly what Titania wants to do. So just as a card in the 99, you could just incidentally get a whole bunch of tokens and kill somebody that way, even though it's not yeah. your main plan. Not to mention with the extra addition of dredge from black titania all of a sudden becomes it's like you're changing from you know you change your march chase into a five color you change your titania into a two color yep um infect you can always go infect and these colors are very good at it uh get rog having a six six death toucher that can get you extra value when you're playing cheap infect creatures and cheap pump spells because you don't need the lands that much anyway and you have a way to draw cards really really quickly and really instantly and sort of get your opponents i think that's really powerful in fact, always can be powerful, and Craig is probably going to do this. <laughs> probably. Uh, you can also look to other black-green commanders and using their win cons uh, to sort of win the game and having Gitrog just as a value commander. So someone that's going to come out and draw you a bunch of cards and make sure that you get through your deck. So you can play a card like Gerard because uh, he loves things in the graveyard. Uh, Marin of Clan Nell Toth. Uh, Kessler said that he is transferring his Marin deck into a Gitrog deck. Yeah, he said he only had to change about 15 cards or something. Like, it's very similar, yeah. because I think he's using Gitrog more as a value engine. Yeah. You know, probably putting in a few more fetch lands and Life from the Loam and Crucible and a few things, but in general, keeping Marin mostly intact. Graham will be happy to know that he can play his Sapling of Kulfliner deck with Gitrog in there as well. Yep. Uh, and there's also like Farika and Savra. So there's lots of other black-green commanders that are very powerful. And Gitrog is, I think, if you're, if you're not using Gitrog as your commander, 100% should go in all these decks. There's no reason not to. The card is just sweet. <laughs> it's the coolest. I love the Gitrog monster. So 
And then another way, and this is my go-to way to sort of personalize it for me, which is to turn it into a five-color deck. And what I feel this does is it gives my, like my Nekusar deck is not like anybody's Nekusar deck Mm -hmm. because I'm using five colors. And so I've got access to all these different interactions that nobody else does because they're using, you know, Grixis, but I've got Wooberg. So Marchesa the same way. Um, And I think that I may build a five-color Gitrog deck and it's not going to be... 100% 100% a Gitrog deck, it's right. mostly going to be a lands deck because I've noticed we're starting to get an abundance of this effect, which is Gitrog, Titania, Omnath. Very recently, they all sort of care about similar things. Mm-hmm. They care about getting a lot of lands into play, sacrificing those lands, right? And then there's a whole bunch of cards, Azusa, Burgeoning, Exploration, Mina and Den, Oracle of Moldiah. These do similar things, right? So now I'm seeing that there's an abundance of an effect. It's like Nekusar, where Nekusar does something, but a lot of cards do what Nekusar does. Howling Mind does the draw cards things. Underworld Dreams does the do damage for you. And there's mm-hmm. for each of those pieces, there's a ton of other cards that replicate that effect, so I don't actually need that commander to be the commander because I can find that effect. I can build it myself, or mm-hmm. I can go get that card. So to me, this makes it really exciting because now all of a sudden I'm opening myself up to red, blue, and white. And then I start looking like, oh, well, do I want those colors? And if I do, why? Well, red gives you like Wheel of Fortune stuff. Right. That with Gitrog is going to draw you cards because you're discarding stuff, even though you're still drawing cards to replace those. Or rummaging. A rummaging Mm -hmm. effect is very powerful with Gitrog. Um, Blue gives you looting, which is draw a card, then discard a card. So Mm -hmm. you could discard lands and draw basically two cards. Think of Jace Vrin's Prodigy said tap, draw two cards. Oh, my gosh. It's very good. Get in. Um, there's also really cool stuff like Hedron Crab. So Hedron Crab is one blue for an O2 crab. It has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, target player puts the top three cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So now I'm playing a land, hopefully Gitrog's out, milling myself. Hopefully that mills a land in my graveyard, which draws me a card. If I can do that twice in a turn... Also, if I have Azusa, Burgeoning, Exploration, Mina, oh and Den, Oracle of Maldai, I might be able to play like five lands a turn, which may be able to draw me like five cards, which is going to mill me for 15 cards, which is going to put more cards in the graveyard, which is going <laughs> to draw me more cards. So Hedron Crab, just very exciting, seems like a really cool thing. Um, that's one of the things blue can give you. Another card is Excavation, which is an enchantment for one in a blue. Pay one, sacrifice a land, draw a card. Any player may play this ability. Ooh, interesting. So now, all of a sudden, I can sack a land to draw two cards. Yeah. Which is just super, super powerful. Also, Titania might be out. I make my make a 5-3 when I do that. This is a color that I couldn't pair blue with Titania. Mm-hmm. So now I can all of a sudden do stuff like that. Omnath might be out when I'm playing all these extra lands. Some of these lands might be fetch lands. You know, totally cool stuff happens. Uh, white gives you things like Martyr's Bond, which is basically like Grave Pact, but for every kind of permanent. So Martyr's Bond is four and two white enchantment. Whenever Martyr's Bond or another non-land permanent you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices a permanent that shares a card type with it. Ooh, that now, is every brutal. time I sack a land, you sack a land. All my opponents sack a land. It's, this could completely win the game, right? Play yeah. two fetch lands, sack the two fetch lands. Everybody sacks two lands. You get two more lands in place. Sack those lands. Everybody sacks two more lands. You know, you're drawing cards. You can play extra lands on the turn. They mm-hmm. can't. Yeah, it could it could just completely win. Um, Not to mention, I think this is a deck that would happily play uh, Mass Land Destruction. Yeah, you just you can play like you know anything that like says 
every player sacrifices a land is great. Because mm-hmm. you replace that card, they don't. And plus, you play extra lands on their on your turn, they don't. Yeah. Um, Amiria Shepherd, which is a recent card, very good in this deck. It's five and two white for an angel. Has landfall. When a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may return target non-land permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. If that land is a plains, you can put that card onto the battlefield. So now all of a sudden, like, oh, Titania died. Play a planes. Put Good it right back into yeah. play. You know, Gitrog died. Play a planes. Get it back because it won't be the commander. So right. that kind of thing works. Very exciting. There's tons and tons of cards um, that work with this idea. And you have enough redundancy of the effect. I do think a five-color version of this is available you know, would work and would open up a million possibilities. I'm just scratching the surface of stuff you might be able to, to pull off. Yeah, the, having green in there with every other color, is it's so good. I mean, you can just do everything. And the great thing about green and black, green specifically, is you have enough tutoring mm-hmm. with Worldly Tutor and Demonic Tutor. and Traverse you know, the Uvenwald. Traverse the Uvenwald. Uh, you have... Um, Fauna Shamans and Survival of the Fittest mm-hmm. and those type of effects. You can go find Gitrog, Titania, Omnath, that specific creature you want when you need to. And you can have it fit the situation, which is really strong, because I think those are all very good in pretty different situations. Titania and Omnath are a little more similar, but yeah, that's Well, great. Titania is the bridge. Omnath wants you to play lands. Mm-hmm. Gitrog wants you to sacrifice lands. Titania wants you to play and sacrifice lands, so... They all kind of work in some respect. They're yeah. all going to do stuff with what your deck wants to do. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, do I need to draw cards? Let's go get Gitrog. Do I have a whole bunch of lands that I can sacrifice? Let's go get Titania. Do I have a whole bunch of lands in my hands that that I can play? Let's go get Omnath. Yeah. Ooh, good old five color. <laughs> it's, the world is your oyster. Yeah, the world is your uber. Another way to play this, and we talked about it a little bit, I think, would be Mass Discard. And this is another thing red would open up for you is Sire of Insanity. Yeah. Things that make everybody discard cards, except for when you discard, you're discarding lands and you're getting cards back. Hooray. Yeah. So I think that's another way to go is just you're attacking the entire table's hands, including yourself. But because discarding for you is actually not that bad. Yeah. You just get accrued value over time over. Now, people will not like playing against that deck, but boo-hoo. <laughs> I would say a card like Briga, 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 Most Enraged. Oh it's yeah, also very good because you can just start tossing. Because you can just start tossing lands at people. Instead. Oh, that's a really good point. In the five color version, you play Burgerigmus, and sometimes you're just like, I don't know, I just dump a million lands and kill you. Yeah, yeah. Good old Burgerigmus, you did it, buddy. You did it. All right. So the final touches of your house is, you know, now that you have the general idea of your deck as well as the cards that you know for sure that you want to put in, you're probably over the hundred card limit. Um, and this is where you can go in and really tune the deck, which means you can reduce redundancies. You can take out the non-flavorful elements if you're not going that route. Um, you can essentially prioritize based on your own taste, right? If, you, if your meta doesn't need as much single target removal, don't run that much, obviously. If you want more board wipes, then run more board wipes. We didn't even talk about cards like Toxic Delusion and all that that are very yeah. important. You, if you don't need to protect against graveyard hate, then you are a very lucky man. Uh, kick it to the curb. Get that graveyard hate out of here. So... Look at the deck. Take what pieces you don't need to get rogged out of there and just keep tuning until you get your final deck list and then play test the heck out of it. You know, just keep tuning from there. And that's really where personalization and customization really comes into being one of the best parts about EDH is that you're always tuning it. You're always sort of refining what your voice is and what your the message you want to send with the get rogged monster. Um, and that's pretty much it. Building a house 
with a deck. I like the metaphor. It's pretty cool. Terry, I'm sorry. I'm going to mention, I mentioned a million cards of this episode, but I'm going to talk about one more because it didn't oh. come up in the natural conversation, but Tainted Aether. This is secret tech. Ooh, this is secret tech. Get ready, guys. Two and two black. Enchantment. Whenever a creature comes into play, its controller sacrifices a creature or land. <sighs> you love these cards, Josh. Put that in your Get Rog deck. I don't care. It's going to be awesome because it will not hose you, but it will hose everybody else. Yeah. This reminds me of Aether Flash, of course, as yes. well. Uh, there was a cycle of this in 7th edition. These are all incredibly, incredibly powerful cards. People just don't realize it, and then someone plays it, and you go, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, what? I can't play anything now because I have to sack lands or creatures, or Could they you just dies immediately? Yeah. A token deck would just be like, no, my tokens. Yeah. Every- Unless they had doubling season now, in which case, Tainted Aether just reverses that effect <laughs> to the listeners to the listeners who plans on building the get rug monster let us know you guys can comment on our youtube channel you can guys can tweet at us on twitter you can post on the rocket jump site itself we try and read all of the comments so let us know if you're playing on building building the get rug monster oh i like this next one is there any especially creative brew not get rug related or could be that you have done that you're proud of you know, that's sort of like off the beaten track. Yeah. This is a good one. This could be the book giveaway. Oh, that's right. Actually, this is the book giveaway. We had it planned from the beginning. Bing! If you guys want to win the Arts of Magic the Gathering Zendikar, go ahead and send this in. You have until Thursday to tell us uh, what your sort of most creative brew is that you have or that you've seen someone else play, in case you don't have one shelf. Uh, we'll choose a winner at random, and we'll send you this really awesome art book. I want to hear about some cool stuff. Yeah, that too. We're also fishing for super secret tech, as always. <laughs> All right, moving on to the end step where we talk about something outside the world of magic. I just started playing a video game. It's called Hyper Light Drifter. It is sweet. If you guys enjoyed The Legend of Zelda, if you enjoyed a game called Samurai Gun, if you enjoy any sort of role-playing game that's 2D and uh, is a little bit twitchy, is a little bit fast reaction, really cool combat, you're going to love Hyper Light Drifter. Um, it is a game that literally just came out it's very exciting it reminds me of diablo a little bit as well and Ooh, a link I'm to in. the past yeah legends of zelda and diablo yeah i'm in it's cool you're this uh a guy named the drifter uh and as someone from vjhs sounds that like, was a drifter it sounds like dark tower yeah right <laughs> uh you're the hyperlight drifter you have an energy sword and oh, you yeah. just no wonder of... you like this you're the drift king i know I, what well, i am now the new drift king indeed yeah uh Holy so crap it all makes sense. It's beautiful. It's really, really cool. Um, and it's you're sort of forced. You're you're looking through the world for a cure for an illness that you carry. And the game developer, the lead developer, Alex Preston, actually has heart disease. Oh, and that was the the original story concept. Um, Where so, do I find this game? Uh, you can go on Steam and buy it. Sweet. It's for Windows. It's for Mac, Linux, PlayStation Four, the Vita, Wii U, Xbox One. Uh, it's for everything. Uh, it's super low tech in terms of like the look, so it doesn't require a ton of graphical computing power, but it's still a beautiful game. They put a lot of time into it. So I'm like two hours into it. I think the game is only like six, seven hours, but there are lots of little secrets everywhere. And I enjoy a game that you can finish in like a day or two if you really yeah. put time into it. Hyper Light Drifter sounds cool. I will definitely check it out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, let's clean this episode up. Make sure you check out our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, Alex and Ben. Talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. They're getting ready for GPLA, which is coming up and will be a modern tournament. I need to listen really hard so I can learn about the modern format between now and then, like 
because I've only played it a couple of times. It is fun. Yeah. It's Kessler pretty cool. keeps walking around being like, you need a deck? I got decks. I got decks for you. He has like six or seven modern decks, and he's trying to <laughs> pawn them on us. I'm just like, the problem is not my deck. It's the deck I'm going to be playing against. Like, I could get to know mine, but how am I going to know what to do against the, yeah. the entire field, which I am not familiar with? Um, anyway, by the way, the sideboard, we... I'm going to lose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I have Path to Exile, but I have no idea which of your creatures is the yeah. most important. Um that actually brings us to another point. We're going to be at GPLA for sure. Yeah. So if you're going to be in town for the GP, um, plan on meeting up with us to play Commander at some point on site for sure. I don't We're, think I'm making it to day two, Josh. Yeah. yeah I'm, <laughs> I may not even, I probably won't even play the main event. I'll probably just go to play Commander, which is yeah. a great thing about GPs. They're just like conventions for magic. So um, plan on coming and hanging out with us if you're in the area. That'd be awesome. Again, the Masters of Modern podcast. If you are going to play in the main event, you have to listen to them. Those guys know their stuff. Check them out on Twitter at the MMCast. Right. I forgot that part. <laughs> you can find them uh, on rocketjump.com under the podcast tab right next to us. That's right. And our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Terry, thank you so much for making us sound good this episode. I know we rambled quite a bit, mentioned a ton of cards, which means there's going to be a ton of graphics also on the video. I don't know if you guys have seen what Terry's been doing Really cool animations, cards like sweeping in from the left and right stuff. It's it's really impressive stuff. So make sure you check out the videos if you haven't. You can find those at youtube.com slash the command zone podcast. Speaking of uniqueness and individuality, Terry has definitely brought his own individuality to the show and we're loving it. It's yeah. it's really fun. So if you haven't seen the videos, I would encourage you to at least check them out. You know, you don't have to listen to every episode that way because I know a lot of people like commute and listen in their car, but Check out one of the videos. I bet you'll be pleasantly surprised. Terry brings his own flair to the show. Yeah. Not to mention we have amazing animations that are throughout the show from Jeffrey Palmer, who does our Living Card animations. You can find him at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. Thank you, Jeffrey. Also killing it. Doing a great job. Everyone's doing a great job. Everyone's just killing it. Great job. They're building houses. <laughs> Let's build a house together, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you answer to our uh, to the listeners' questions this week if you want to win the Art of Magic: The Gathering Zendikar book. And until next time. Wow, we didn't even practice that. That was pretty good. Uh, I I just joined in. That, I, I didn't mean, that was awesome. Josh, you're going. I'm I'm coming on this trip with you. Yeah, that's right. Accept all offers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you guys later. Peace. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.